Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about Monday Night Raw. Not just Monday Night Raw, but the first Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 36. We get into some surprises and a surprising main event. We get into Drew McIntyre and The Big Show. Also, speaking of surprises, we talk about the return of Nia Jax on today's episode. Plus, we use questions and comments using the hashtag AskBustedOpen. Use that hashtag, AskBustedOpen. We talk a lot about The Undertaker, and Bully gets into a rebirth of Brock Lesnar. We do all that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. How's things over there? I saw Violetta tweeted last night that she's pulling a Polish air out over there. Yeah, she is. And then she just actually, as um. As I'm sitting talking to you, because she's got to go to work today. She has a job that she has to go to. So which Actually physically to go to? Yeah, she has to physically go to. Oh, So okay. I'm worried about that. So, but And then she left me a honeydew list. But don't tell her. She wrote it in Polish, so I can't read it. So She really wrote it in Polish? No, it's just that she, her handwriting is just, you know. It's so anyway. So, <laughs> so anyway. Walk, um, walk. Monday, Monday Night Raw from last night. And I want to get your take because a lot of negativity about Raw last night, it just got bashed. A lot of, I mean, I, I, the word awful was used a lot to describe Monday Night Raw from last night. I got to be honest with you, Bully. I actually enjoyed Raw last night. Uh, you know, there was a lack of, people were complaining about a lack of star power, but I thought that the wrestlers that they did use for the show actually stepped up. A lot of people were talking about that the matches were too long. I actually liked the matches itself. Like, you know, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I, I like watching wrestling. And I thought a lot of wrestlers, like an Apollo Crews, for an example, that, you know, has been under the radar for years in the WWE, actually got a, a chance to shine last night. I love the fact that we were able to see Zelina Vega in the ring and wrestling last night. So uh, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a good. Am I, do I think it was one of the best shows I've ever seen? No, but I thought under the circumstances with the roster that was available, I thought they did a good job last night. Under the circumstances with the roster that was available. That's it. That's all you need to know. 
I mean, I don't understand how and why the negativity would continue. And I'm not getting into this negativity stuff today because it's just it's ridiculous and it's it's repugnant to 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 listen to people on social media bashing the WWE for continuing to try to do their best to provide entertainment. What sucked about the show last night? Were you unhappy that there wasn't 20,000 people there? Were you unhappy that you didn't get different superstars? You could not have been unhappy about the action in the ring because the action in the ring was pretty good. Yeah, I understand. Seth Rollins in a squash match is not exactly what you want to see. I get it. But they're doing what they can do with the people that are local, the people that are healthy, and the people that you know can actually be there. This is a very, very tough situation. And what a lot of what a lot of people let's take what people see. People see what's on their television, and that's all that they see. And what you see on your television is the tip of the tip of the iceberg. There's so much going on beneath the surface when it comes to actually getting what you see on TV to make it to that TV. And one of the biggest things is travel. A lot of the people that you're seeing on the show, especially Monday Night Raw last night, are local people. Yeah, there might have been a fly in or two, but most of them are local that they can count on. And I'll, and I'll get right to it. I'll address the elephant in the room. And no, that's not a big show joke. That would probably be more of a Tommy Dreamer joke, but I digress. The big show. Everybody's like, why the big show? Why would the big show get a championship shot? Why did they use the big show? Blah, blah, blah. Because he lives about an hour and a half away in Tampa. Drive to the performance center. Drive home from the performance center. Duh. There you go, people. That's why it was the big show. That's probably a Vince call saying, I need a strong win for Drew coming out of WrestleMania. Big show is seven foot four, 450 pounds. He's the biggest guy we got in the company. Let Drew beat the big show with his finish. It'll be something credible the night after uh, WrestleMania for Drew. And that's why they used the big show. I had no problem with them using show because they're using this mammoth of an athlete who's been over in the WWE since day one to help get Drew over. What's the problem? Yeah, and, and you know, all those circumstances, you're 100% right about. Availability. The situation that the WWE is in, the situation the world is in, and doing the best with what they got. But even with those things, like, I thought that it was a good show. It had my attention from beginning to end. The action was very good. As a matter of fact, the action was probably a lot better than we usually do see from a weekly WWE show outside of NXT. Dave, I could make an argument that Drew versus The Big Show was actually a better wrestling match than Drew versus Brock. I agree. You know what? I agree with that. I completely, you know, because I think you saw a lot more from Big Show. We talked about the lack of, like, trash talking and, you know, Big Show did an amazing job from beginning to end trash talking Drew throughout that entire match. And it had my attention. And it sounds crazy. And even if, like, I said this at the beginning of the show, Bully, it sounds crazy coming out of my mouth. But, you know, for a second, they almost had me. Where I thought maybe, just maybe, Big Show is going to beat Drew McIntyre. 
You know, he's got the Netflix series starting. That's a big deal. The WWE loves shit like that. And, you know, with Drew McIntyre and what happened at WrestleMania, for a second during that match, I thought maybe, just maybe, they might pull the trigger on having the big show win. For for me to put that together on a, on a night after he had just won the championship, that's showing something. I I had I had no issue with that with that main event, and I have obviously had no issue with the show itself. Um, I can appreciate what you're saying. I definitely n- never once that I think Big Show is going to win. I knew exactly what they were trying to do. I'm not trying to tell you that like I'm some genius or something like that, but that's that's very 101, especially like Vince 101. Let's get Drew over the next night in the biggest way we can. So let's give him the biggest guy we got that's readily available. If it wasn't the Big Show. Rest assured, it would have been the biggest star in the WWE, whether that was in stature or whether that was in star power, who would have put Drew over. And, and that's what needs to happen. If you're going to come out of WrestleMania with one of the most credible victories of all time, beating Brock Lesnar. Now, it might not have been in, you know, in a lengthy amount of time. You might have wanted something longer, but still a credible victory. How do we come out of it? With another credible victory well what credible credible victory are we going to give them we're going to give them the biggest one we have at this particular moment much like a head coach on a football team you know this dave vince has a responsibility to put his absolute best players on the field at any given moment now some people are going to say well big show is not the best wrestler there why couldn't they give other guys opportunities Maybe these guys don't live in Florida and can't drive to the show. Maybe, and you got to remember too, Dave, this was taped three weeks ago. Two to three weeks ago, all this stuff was taped. Or were they live last night? I don't think they were. No, I think this was taped for sure. Yeah. Okay. So they used what they had at their disposal then. And Big Show was a good choice. That that's it. That's really the end of the conversation. I hope I was able to. We were able to fill in a couple of the blanks as to why it was him. As a matter of fact, like even if this was just a normal Monday Night Raw bully, and you know we had a crowd of fifteen thousand, and this wasn't going on, I wouldn't have had any problem with it being the Big Show. I mean, the Big Show is a giant. The Big Show is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like they reintroduced the Big Show. We haven't seen him on TV in a while. For him to come out and say, you know, you're a big guy, but I'm a giant. You know, I haven't gotten a championship opportunity. You know, if you got something to prove, prove it to me. I would have had no problem with them doing that, no matter what the circumstances were. The only thing that I did not like about the segment was the smack. I would have never had show smack Drew. Personally, I don't like it when grown-ass men smack grown-ass men. Because if that was a bar, Show would have punched him right in the face. And Drew would have punched him right in the face back if Drew didn't get dropped first right right off the first shot. Okay? I would have much rather have seen Show just take his big grizzly bear paw and shove Drew right down on his ass. Because now we would have seen Show, this monster, looking down at your new world champion. And now you're going to yourself, whoa. Look at the size comparison between these two guys. Holy crap. Show just manhandled Drew. When I see that smack, I think 
punk ass bitch. That's what punks in a bar do. I ain't calling Big Show a punk because Big Show is not a punk. But that's the only thing I would have done different. Stay away from the smack. It just seems it's it's just too. Like I say, it, 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 it's punkish. You're not going to smack anybody in a bar because if it's if if it's a fight. Now, if you're t- trying to tell me, you're, oh, you're just trying to get a rise out of them, you're a seven foot four monster. If you smack somebody, you should drop them. No matter how impressive of a man Drew is, Big Show is more impressive of a man. One smack should put Drew right on his ass. So those are the reasons I would have stayed away from the smack and did the shove, but that was the only little thing I could talk about. And I and I love the story that they told going into the match, like you know Big Show, like his promo, but also like the challenge and Drew saying, "I'm not going to wrestle you. I just had a championship match with Brock Lesnar. I'm not ready for this." But you know, Big Show challenged him, and he felt like he had to stand up to that challenge. And you got a really good match between the two that told a great story that I thought was very very entertaining. And at the end of the day, Drew McIntyre looks like gold. Again, you know, you can bitch and complain all you want. Mission accomplished with the end of that show last night, Bully. I thought it was mission accomplished with the whole show. I can understand how some people might have been, you know, a little underwhelmed by the star power. But we got to take into account what is going on out there in the real world. So the people that they did put in the ring. Now, normally with a Monday Night Raw right after WrestleMania, who would have started the show? You would, probably you would have started with Drew McIntyre because right. just but if you, he just slayed the beast and then he would go out and he would get that championship ovation from the crowd. Right now, if you would have started with Drew last night, what would that have left you with for your for your final segment? Yeah, if you look at the rest of the show, you really don't know what you would have closed with. All right, so saving Drew for the end was a smart move against. Uh, against show because now you're anticipating okay if you're a drew fan i'm gonna stick around the entire show but i like the fact that they opened up with oscar versus uh versus live okay and i'm gonna pick some positives out of this live is looking better in the ring every single time she goes out there and i'm not talking looking better from a physical point of view as in like her hair looks better or her, her, her gear looks better i mean from a, a an athletic physical wrestling point of view i see Liv morgan taking steps forward every time i see her out there i know she's working on her craft this is a different Liv morgan than people were talking about probably what was it two years ago who you know who kicked one of the Bellas in the face? Yep. At, you know, on one of those, on one of those yes kicks or whatever. And by the way, when Liv caught uh, one of the Bellas in the face, it was just as much as Liv's fault it is as it was one of the Bellas' fault. It was a very 50-50 thing. They both could have done a better job with that particular moment in time. So that wasn't all Liv's fault. But what I'm seeing from Liv is an improved talent, an improved athlete, an improved performer, an improved wrestler. You can see wrestler. the confidence. You can, you can tell she has a lot more confidence in herself in the ring. She has confidence in herself because she has one of the biggest confidence builders in her ear right now backstage. Here we go. Why do you think Liv Morgan got a shot? Another shot after the whole, after she had went away. And then we saw her in the bathtub and she said, I'm going to make a big reveal. And she comes in and her and Lana, this whole angle. Who do you think gave her this opportunity? 
I, from what I hear, Paul Heyman did. It's Paul Heyman 101, because uh, a talent like Liv Morgan is right in Heyman's wheelhouse. Um, if you take a look at some of the women from ECW, and if you take a look at the, some of the women from SmackDown when Paul was booking it, you know, 15 years ago, if you take a look at Liv, he, she, she fits the mold as far as the look, the personality, and the wrestler is concerned. He can tell some stories with her like he did with Lana, and he could put her in the ring to have have a good match with somebody like Asuka. So Paul is probably in Liv's ear, talking her up backstage, telling her, hey, you can go out there and do this, blah, blah, blah. If there's, if there's anybody in this business who's a good motivator, it's Paul. And, he, and you can see the motivation in her, in the ring, because Paul is in her ear. This is Luke Thomas from SiriusXM Fight Nation. Combat sports and the entire sporting landscape have been impacted as we all face a time of uncertainty in the world. We have concerns about our family, friends, and neighbors and have taken time out to focus on the important things in our lives and be safe. One thing that we can be sure of is that we'll push through this difficult time together. Whatever happens in the world of combat sports and beyond, we'll be here for you on SiriusXM Fight Nation. In the meantime, you can join us for live sports talk on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 and SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88. You know, usually you used to bully that crowd hijacking the show. I got to admit, I, I was never a big fan of the crowd hijacking a show. For that reason, it was, it was, it was, it was, I was okay with the fact that, you know, we didn't have that crowd, number one. And number two, I think, you know, us as humans easily adjust to situations. And, you know, this has been almost a month now where we're getting these shows without a crowd. And, you know, I think, you know, the wrestling world is adjusting to it. How long it's going to be, we don't know. We hear about AEW's got a, a couple of months worth of of uh, material in the can. We just heard from Tommy Dreamer early in the show. They're going to have two months worth of Impact Wrestling in the can. I don't know about the WWE, but, you know, like it or not, this is the world of pro wrestling right now. We're, we're going to have to adjust to it over the next few months. Yeah, what's no big deal. I'm not going to I don't want to sit here and talk keep talking about all of the adjustments and oh this is what we have to do but who gives a shit we had a pro wrestling show on last night it was on it was good you know yeah great let's talk about it because and to me to be the wrestling business has not stopped I understand that this big bad black plague out there affecting everything but the pro wrestling business has not stopped our job from day one is to come on this show and talk about what we see give our opinions on what we see my job is to take what I saw help fans understand it a little better and maybe give you a different way of doing it which could have made it better and it sometimes it might have made it better worse but I'm not I don't want to get into this whole you know oh you know the things out there and this is the way it's going to be and this is our lives now learn how to hit the curve okay because once you can hit the curve you can deal with anything so let's start hitting the curve let's talk about last night yeah and i think last night is i, I think last night's the last time we're gonna have to mention it because it's you know that night after wrestlemania and and you're right we, we adjust and now you gotta like you said in baseball terms learn to hit the curve and that's exactly what we're doing in the pro wrestling community Go ahead. 
getting to your point about the crowd i love the 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 monday night raw crowd after wrestlemania just because they're so enthusiastic and yeah they can become a little bit of a pain in the ass when they try to hijack the show meaning take away from the show and they try to become the show themselves but but when they're invested and interacting with the show there is probably no monday night raw that you look more forward to than that if you're a baby face and you're over with that crowd they are going to be so on your side and they're going to make you seem like a bigger star you know um th than you were the night before coming out of wrestlemania if those people are against you then the what chance would have start start you know the wonky beach ball crap a lot of things can go wrong but for the most part i enjoy it because they're so enthusiastic well i mean and outside the crowd i mean what people expect from that raw after WrestleMania is some surprises, some movement within the rosters, and some call-ups from NXT to the main roster. Those are things that people really look forward to that Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. And you know what? We got all that. You know, we, we did. I mean, we got Bianca Belair moving from NXT to Raw. You know, we got the promo from Charlotte talking about NXT. And what you always say, the title doesn't make it. You know, it's who has it that makes that title. And that's really what Charlotte's point was last night in that promo. And then you got the return. And you got the return of Nia Jax. We talked a lot about when Nia Jax was going to come back. And I thought, personally, it should have been at WrestleMania. I thought, like, in that match with Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch, at some point you saw Nia Jax. You kept saying to me, Dave, no, it's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. Shouldn't take away from that match. Don't do it. You should get Nia Jax back the night after WrestleMania on Monday Night Raw. And that's exactly what happened, Bully, last night. You got the return of Nia Jax. What do you think Tiana Perrazzo's favorite vegetable is? <laughs> Squash? Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Circle gets the square. Johnny, <clears throat> tell him what he's won. I, I, and I actually had to screenshot it because last night Deanna Perrazzo went to Twitter because she was getting absolutely destroyed. Worse than she did in the ring? What's that? Worse than she got destroyed in the ring? I think so. But, you know, you know what she says, she goes, regarding all of the negativity, I was still on Raw again. I got paid. I'm trustworthy. I'm happy. And I'm healthy. On that note, good night. And it kind of put things into perspective. She did get squashed last night. You know, that was what was supposed to happen. Nia Jax has got a – that, that match wasn't for people to notice Deanna Prazo. That match was for the return of Nia Jax. didn't matter who was in that ring. They were going to get absolutely destroyed by Nia Jax. But, you know, hey, for somebody, you know, Jersey native that's been working – uh, towards this opportunity to be on Raw, to get an entrance on Raw, and you know, to be on a big highlighted show like the the Raw after WrestleMania. Kudos to Deanna Perrazzo. But the whole segment was about Nia Jax, and man, you know, like with Nia Jax, that they did a tremendous job getting you excited, and the commentators did a good job too, saying. This is notice to the Shayna Baszlers and the Becky Lynches of the world. And I think mission accomplished when you look at that segment last night, Bully. Uh, when Nia came out, I, I looked on her face and I was wondering to myself, wow, is she happy to be here? 
she looked perturbed. She looked pissed off and not like in character. I'm almost wondering if she was very, very disappointed about the whole situation. And this is how she was having to make her return. The physicality in the ring almost made me think that maybe Deanna owed uh, Nia some money, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or maybe he was going through her gear bag without letting her know or something. Cause, uh, because Nia was ragdolling Deanna, ragdolling her in a way where, you know, Something could have been going wrong. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Or a couple of stiff clotheslines, a little bit of ragdolling, a little pushing, a little shoving, a little throwing around. Listen, there's a lot of enhancement talent that lives near the Performance Center that could have been in the ring with Nia Jax. They chose Deanna. They chose Deanna for a reason. And Deanna, you know, had the showing that she had last night. And she's right. She was on Raw. She got paid. She was happy. She was healthy. But I don't think that Deanna's tenure in NXT and any main roster things that she has done so far is going the way she would have thought it would have went when she got here. Probably, probably. And I know the goal is always to get to the WWE, but, you know, I think the goal is to probably have a little bit of better showing. We don't know what the future holds for Deanna Peraza, but we do know, Bully, what the future holds for Nia Jax. And it's interesting what you just said. Because you and, and this is the you know this is the, the genius of bully, is that you look at those things that we don't normally look at, and you looked at the facial expressions, and you saw a lot of anger. Now, when I saw that, I'm like, all right, this is badass Nia Jax. This is the Nia Jax that we want. You know, I don't want the smiling Nia Jax. I don't want the Nia Jax that's dancing. I want the Nia Jax that's going to be angry and beating the shit out of that raw roster. But you took it to another level, and that is that, and I understand it, by the way, is that there's probably a little anger about the circumstances, too. Like, if that was in front of a crowd, that would have been a huge pop. People would have went nuts to see Nia Jax. Completely different story last night. But again, you know, that's the circumstances that are happening. So, you know, when you're when you're off the grid for as long as Nia Jax has been off the grid, I'm sure she was hoping for a better reuniting with TV than the one she got last night. If you're Nia Jax and you've been on the sidelines as long as she has, and then you get a call from creative, and who, who she could have known three months ago, four months ago, hey, Nia, we're bringing you back the night after Mania on Raw. That's something to get excited about, okay? I've been brought back the night after, uh, what were we brought back? The night after SummerSlam, which is basically the same thing on a Monday Night Raw. It's a big deal. As a matter of fact, if I had the choice of coming back on Monday Night, the, the Raw after Mania, as opposed to doing something on Mania that maybe wouldn't have given me a chance to steal the show or really grab that spotlight, I'm going to choose the Raw after uh, Mania, Another reason is more people will actually get to see it. So you tell Nia you're gonna you're gonna you know come back on the Raw after Mania. Probably very excited about that because she knows it's a good spot. Then the Black Plague comes through, and now that good spot turns into a very very difficult spot. And I could almost see the look in her eye last night of son of a bitch. You know, this is just my luck that this had to happen. Well, you know. It's it's not just your luck, sister. It's everybody's luck. And yeah. she got through it. 
She she did her job very, very well. She rag-dolled the living hell out of Deanna and had a very strong and impressive victory. One hell of a Samoan drop, too. Yeah. Stiff. Stiff, Stiff brother. Stiff would be the word. Do I owe you trans, brother? I dare you to lay your shit in, brother. That Samoan was there. That Stiff was like, would be the word to describe the entire match, bully. Like it that was, was like, <laughs> that was like Eddie Fatu stiff. God rest my brother's soul. I, I, He's eating I liver in heaven. Brother, bring me the liver, brother. One time we were in Rapungi in Japan, and we went to a Yakiniku place, and he ordered six plates of raw liver. He would, that's the way, and that's the way he would talk to the to the waiter. Hey, brother, bring me some more liver, brother. Give me the liver. And then the uh, waiter came over and he said, I'm very sorry, uh, Eki-san, no more liver. What do you mean, no more liver? I want more liver. And he took six plates and he threw them up against the wall and he walked out without paying his bill. (laughs) Devon looks at me and he's like, well, who's going to pay his bill? I said, I don't know. And then I walked out. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some lint from my pocket. That's amazing. Um, now what, now what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, we're talking about Nia Jax. <laughs> so, you know, I, that would have been completely different if it wasn't under the circumstances. Because the one thing that's, uh, that I was surprised by is that they promoted the fact that coming after the break, you were going to get Nia Jax. That would, that would not have happened if the circumstances were different. They would have just had her come out and we got the reaction from the crowd. But bef- not right true. after this, you, oh, no, interesting. Look at look at what the WWE has been doing lately. I've come on the show many times, and I'm like, why the hell did they show Becky in the back walking to the ring right before she came out? They're killing her, her pop. But what they've been doing lately is they're catering very much to TV. What they're saying is it's more important for somebody to see Becky walking to the ring on TV because they're more likely to stick through the commercial break because they see Becky walking to the ring than the actual surprise pop. So with Nia, no, I think you would have most likely gotten her walking to the ring. Yeah, and you know what? This is this is a great this is a great subject to bring up because you're right. And you've said that before. Why are they showing Becky? They never would have done that 20 years ago with the rock, you know, or stone cold, you know, and, and they, but they do it with Becky and that ruins her pop when she comes out and, and you make a good point. And, and, you know, I know that you're, you're presenting the point. I'm not saying that you agree or disagree with either one, but like, you're right. Showing that Nia Jax is coming back after the break, that's going to make people stick and stay through the break because they want to see the return of Nia Jax, but it would lessen the crowd reaction. So to you, bully, what's better to hook the viewer at home and make sure that they stay through the break, that they watch that next segment or you get that huge crowd reaction from the 15,000 fans that are in attendance. And, you know, as you always say, you know, the reaction from the crowd on TV is the way that the crowd is going to react when they're watching at home. So what do you think? Which, which is better to you? Well, who are you asking? Are you asking bully the guy with the pencil in his hand or bully the performer? Bully with the guy with the pencil in his hand. Well, if I have the pencil in my hand, that means I have to think like the creative team would be thinking or how Vince would be thinking. And the best thing for business in that point is TV. So you want to show Nia walking to the ring. 
All right. Because and if then... you know, it, because if, if all of a sudden you see Nia, Nia Jax pop up on your screen and she's walking to the ring, now the announcer's like, oh my God, that's Nia Jax. We haven't seen her in a year. Where is she headed? Where is she going? We'll be right back. Now that's called a hook. So now you have the announcers popping for seeing Nia Jax for the first time in a year. Now they ask a giant question of where is she going? What is she doing here? We'll be right back. Now as a fan at home, you're like, whoa, yeah, what, what is she doing here? Why is she back? What, what is she going to do? Now, hopefully, you sit through the commercial break or you're back on Raw immediately. Now, Nia's music hits. Now, despite the fact that the people in the arena might have seen it on the Tron, when her music hits, she's going to get a pop because it's the first time they're seeing it in a year. But that pop would have never been as loud as the pop as if they didn't see her on the screen three and a half minutes earlier. So... From a from a an office point of view, it's better for TV to see her first. From a performer point of view, you want to be an absolute complete surprise. You want that first note of your song to hit, and people go, "Whoa! Oh my God! It's Nia Jax. We haven't seen her any. Oh yeah, great! Yeah, Nia's back. Kick her ass, Nia!" Now you're gonna get that reaction, but not nearly as organic and unexpected as if you didn't see her on the Tron a little earlier. IndyCar fans, this is Brick by Brick with AJ Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. We can maybe provide you with a little distraction. I'm just missing racing. The season will start and they'll have to be ready right when it starts and I think we're really going to see the drivers that are physically and mentally most strong through this time are going to come out firing. If it's a shorter schedule, the start of this season is going to be even more critical than usual. New episodes air Wednesdays at 6 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. So just use the hashtag AskBustedOpen, and Bully and I will get to your questions and comments. And let's go to Eric, who uses the hashtag AskBustedOpen. He says, Bully, I just want to say you're a genius. After watching the clip of The Undertaker last ride, something that Undertaker said has got him successful over the last 30 years is less is more. So, Bully, please explain what Undertaker said on that last ride teaser and something that you've preached here on Busted Open about less is more. Less is more is not something that I invented. It's not my brainchild. It's something that has been taught to me by some of the greatest minds in the business. Um, when you hear me speak on this show, or, well, the knowledge that I try to drop or how I try to get you to enjoy re uh, pro wrestling a little bit better, what I'm telling you is the things that I have learned over the years from three primary people, Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson. That's where the, that's where the foundation of my knowledge comes from. So that's a, that's a pretty strong foundation, wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, very strong. And one of the things that I have learned from these three gentlemen in the wrestling business is that less is more. Keep it simple, stupid. I got to work with Taker. Um, many, many times, uh, me and Devon versus Taker and Kane or handicap matches, um, me and Devon main evented, uh, the, the Budokan 
in Japan, me and Taker, me and Devon versus Taker in a handicap match. And I remember when I got there that afternoon at about five o'clock, I told the sound guy to play Ozzy Osbourne's Live from the Budokan. And I stood in the middle of the ring inside of the empty Budokan with that, with that music playing uh, as loud as possible and Ozzy just going welcome to the Budokan let's go fucking crazy and then Zach just blasts right into I don't know that was a cool little moment but take I would have gone excuse me really quick I would have gone with cheap trick live at the Budokan myself yeah because that's you and I went with Ozzy you know (laughs) you basically that's the story of your life cheap trick But, but cheap trick live at the Budokan is Maybe number two greatest live album of all time. Nobody remembers Ozzy live at the Budokan. Cheap Trick live at the Budokan is one of the greatest live albums of all time, Bully. I'm not going to argue with you, but I just decided to choose Ozzy. I'm trying to tell the nation a story, and you're ruining on it. You're ruining it. Go on, but go on. You're such a buzzkill sometime. You always got to be different. Go on. I am being different. Go on. You freaking cheap trick. Anyway, working with Taker, work with Taker, uh, you you get to learn his theories on less is more, and you 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 got a little bit of a glimpse into it. His style, a slow, methodical style with short bursts, short bursts. Because then when you hit those short bursts, people go, whoa, where the hell did that come from? And all of a sudden, the perception is, this guy is extremely athletic. This guy can fly. This guy can do this. Oh, uh, you're, you're constantly switching it up. You're constantly giving them a different way to look at you. You're constantly shocking them. It's as if you reinvent yourself every single night because here comes the slow, methodical undertaker with his entrance and he gets in the ring slow and he removes his hat slow and he does this slow and he does this move slow and he walks slow and he looks at your sister's ass slow and then all of a sudden, boom! There's this burst of energy. And, you know... Less is more really, really works because you don't want to give them everything every single night unless you know that you can give them everything every single night and they'll want to come back for more. Does Kiss give you less is more or do they give you everything every single night? They give you everything every single night. They throw everything out at you. And it's because they know by giving you everything, you're going to come back for more. In the wrestling business, you always want to leave them with a little bit. You know, people people made fun of John Cena and his five moves, right? Mm-hmm. John Cena never needed more than five moves. Hulk Hogan, big boot, leg drop, one, two, three. What else do you remember? It's all you needed. It's all you needed. Less is more. Dusty, Dusty never, Dusty didn't even need to shine in the beginning of the match. All Dusty needed to do was sell, blow a comeback, and hit you with the bionic elbow. Less is more, okay? When you're watching um, Okada versus Omega, is less more? No, they throw, you know, they throw everything at you. They're, They're doing flips. They're going outside the ring. Completely different story. Not that you can't appreciate them for what they're doing with all their athleticism and their ability, but a guy like Taker could get, can get bigger reactions out of doing less than an Okada and Omega going buck wild and flipping all over the place. 
And it's all about your ability to get the reaction while doing less at times. And you know what? Like you adapt to the time as well. Like, you know, Bully, and we, we've talked about this before on Busted Open, like Hogan in Japan. If you go to YouTube and you watch some of Hogan's matches in Japan, you'd be shocked because it's completely the different Hogan that you saw in the WWF. Because you're right, you you know, punch to the head, you know, body slam, you know, leg drop. You know, you didn't get much more out of Hogan than that. But if you go back and watch some of his work in Japan, because of the audience he was performing in front of, he gave a lot more than he would give in a five-minute match at Madison Square Garden. Absolutely, and this is where coming. This is where being smart and working smarter comes into play. Because Hogan was smart enough to know that all he needed to do was sell, Hulk up, blow a comeback, big boot leg drop, one, two, three. Dave, I've had so many incidents um, with other wrestlers that I had never worked with before, where we'll go and have a match, and then after the match, they'll come back to me and they'll be like, "Holy crap, Bubba, th- those people." They were going crazy out there tonight. And I'll be, yeah, that's that's the whole idea. And they'll be like, but we didn't do anything. Exactly. We went out there and we didn't do anything. And the people were live as, as all hell for it. That means they were into you. That means they were into me. And that's who you want them into, you and me. You don't need them to be into the moves. Because if they're into you and they're into me, they're going to be into the moves. No matter what you do, they're going to be into you. Less is more. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and history in pro wrestling has proven that. Just look at Undertaker, look at Hogan, even look at a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Didn't do have to do a lot in the ring to garner a reaction from the crowd. Punch, kick, fez press, stunner. What else did Steve Austin do? That's it, man. That's all he needed to do. Punch, kick. Fez press stunner. That's one less move than John Cena had in his repertoire because everybody would bust Cena's balls about only having five moves. There you go. Steve Austin, top of the mountain. Punch, kick, fez press, stunner. And think of the think of the four names you mentioned. Think of the five names you mentioned. You mentioned Cena. You mentioned Dusty Rhodes. You mentioned Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those five names are probably in the top ten of all time. So, you know, and again, you're going to have a Ric Flair, you know, that's technically sound, could go an hour, can do anything you want him to do in the ring. There's no doubt. I'm I'm not saying there's any right or wrong. But when everybody complains and bitches about certain guys only having a a certain amount of moves. Man, you look at the history of pro wrestling. I'm not just talking now or the last 10 years. I'm talking in the history of pro wrestling. There's so many examples of what you just said, and that is less is more. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. 
want to give a special shout out to Robert and Daryl, our engineers who have been with us every day, Bully, who are just not only great engineers and great at what they do, but great guys. I love our conversations before the show. I want to give a shout out to Mother Marissa who is our boss and keeping us on the air. I want to give a shout-out to Guns and Andre and Kelly that have been doing a great job behind the scenes as well. Uh, I think I got everybody there. All right, so using the hashtag, ask – oh, wait, and Gabby. I'm sorry, and Gabby's doing pretty good. Wow. I almost forgot. You it's forgot e- you know, e- the girl. <laughs> easy to forget. Wow. The girl is easy to forget. Wow, right under the bus. And then you backed up over. Boop, you know. boop, 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 boop. You know what that sound is? What's that? Tommy Dreamer walking backwards. <laughs> you know, you know when it comes to the staff, Bully, less is more when it comes to the staff. Did Tommy talk to you this morning about his doctor visit? <laughs> no, he didn't. He, he didn't tell you? He went to the doctor the other day. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> Seriously, he didn't tell you? No. Is everything okay? Uh, I think so. The doctor told him not to eat anything fatty. <laughs> so Tommy said, you mean like cheeseburgers and bacon? And the doctor said, no, don't eat anything fatty. <laughs> Where do you come up with this? <laughs> like tasteless, uh, truly tasteless jokes with Bully Ray. I don't know. I was just thinking about it the other day. <laughs> Are you ready to get back to the... Sure, why not? All right, here we go. Using, Bully, as I said, the hashtag, Ask Busted Open, as my dog chews on a toy two feet away from me trying to do a show. Uh, folks just witnessed a big man, and, he, and, the, and my dog just looked at me like, like I'm an asshole. Folks just witnessed a big man wrestling. Dogs are smart. <laughs> and I do use the word wrestling. Using the hashtag, Ask Busted Open, let's go back out to the nation, Bully, and we get a question from Al who says, folks just witnessed a big man wrestling clinic from the big show and also showing the resiliency of Drew for defending the title 20 minutes later. Best big man match of recent memory. Am I lying, Bully? Again, using the hashtag AskBustedOpen. I don't remember when we had the last good big man match, um, but as a big man match goes, last night was good. It was a, an impressive victory for Drew, and it showed Drew's heart. Um, and I like the fact that Drew initially said no. Big Show comes out there, and he's like, ah, come on, put your title on the line. Come on, kid, let's do it. And, and, and Drew's like, no, man, I just won this thing last night. You know, I just went to war with Brock Lesnar. Not, not now. This is not the right place. And then, you know, Big Show bitch slaps him. And then Drew's like, all right, let's do this. It showed his heart. It showed that, you know, that he's a fighter, a good champion. It's a credible victory. And, yes, I agree. It was a good big man match. And I will go as far to say that I'm sure a couple people agree that maybe Drew and Big Show was actually better than Drew and Brock. Yeah, it's funny because you said, like, I don't remember the last time we saw a big man versus big man. Would you consider Brock and, and, and Drew being a big man versus big man match that we saw at WrestleMania? Well, when you have Big Show in the conversation, he kind of trumps all the other big men. But yes, Drew is a big man. Brock is a big man. Is that a big man match? By today's standards, it's probably the biggest men match because in the WWE, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody much bigger than Brock or Drew. So, yeah, they are big men, 
But I but that four and a half minutes of just throwing bombs at each other doesn't to me show off the real ability of Drew and Brock. Drew and Brock could have given you ten to twelve of some really good big man athleticism. They could have probably even went fifteen. Now I would have to know all of the details of why this match only went four and a half minutes. Because, Dave, remember we spoke yesterday. Technically, if you just look at it from a storyline point of view, from where they started at the Rumble to where they ended at WrestleMania, yes, that match should have only been four and a half minutes of guys throwing bombs at each other and the better man winning. But for what WrestleMania was this year... And because we, because of the finish of Goldberg and Braun in a world championship match being so quick, it basically was the same match, okay? Braun and Goldberg was basically the same match as Drew and, and, and Brock. So this is why I would have logged like Drew and Brock to give us a little more, despite the fact that that four and a half minutes was exactly what the story called for. And, and and this is where Brock and Paul, I wish, would have just given it a t- maybe just a tiny bit more thought and went, well, that championship match is going to be really short and people might be underwhelmed by it. Let's give the people a little more with our championship match. Let me ask you this, because we didn't really get into this, but do you think it makes Brock look a little weak? that he lost to Drew McIntyre in just four and a half minutes. Like, you know, we talked a lot about the length and the circumstances and the other championship match and how you could have told a better story in the ring. But does it hurt Brock at all losing to Drew in four and a half minutes? No, uh, Brock is Teflon. Brock cannot be hurt in any way, shape, or form. What I think it did was it gave all of the the Brock haters um, – they were vindicated by it because they're like, you see, he couldn't even give Drew more than four and a half minutes. You see, Brock is all about Brock, and yet he doesn't even want to work. He doesn't want to show up. All those trolls that come out of the woodwork now had something to really uh, latch on to, despite the fact that what they did really fit the story. But because it was last on the second night and because WrestleMania was what it was this year, I wish they would have given us a little more. One more thing about Brock, and I know we touched on this the other day. I gave it a lot of thought last night. Okay. Where do we go from here with Brock Lesnar? I think it's almost like a reset, like where he's going to be gone. I mean, who knows the next time we're going to even see Brock on TV. And then when he comes back, I guess they're going to kind of hope that you know, things are a little bit different. The landscape could be completely different. I, I think it's a reset with Brock when he comes back. And I think they need to go in the same direction that they're starting to go with The Undertaker when it comes to the Brock reset. At WrestleMania, we saw a little bit of the American Badass. We saw a little bit of Big Evil. We saw a little bit of The Undertaker, The Dead Man, whatever. We got a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. AJ was talking about Mark Calloway. Taker acknowledged his wife, Michelle McCool. Okay, we have, even though it's the, kind of the same as we got years and years ago with DDP and Taker's wife at the time, this felt a lot more real. And it's because the world we live in right now feels a lot more real when it comes to pro wrestling. Um, they're humanizing Taker. Normally, I would be like, 
I don't want him humanized. I want him to be the dead man. That's that's more of a dreamer-esque mentality and maybe like a LaGreca-esque mentality. You just want your superhero to be your superhero. You don't need to see him humanized at all. But there's no place left to go with The Undertaker. And this direction is the best direction because this doesn't give you a little bit of story. This gives you a lot of story. Okay? This, what was the name of the special on the network that we're about to see? Uh, The Last Last Ride? This last ride is going to show you a different side of The Undertaker, where now we don't need The Undertaker, we don't need Big Evil, we don't need the American Badass, all we need is Mark Calloway. And I think we get Mark Calloway moving forward in these WWE production-type matches. And I think we are going to emotionally invest in Mark Calloway in a different way than we ever have. And it's going to be like a rebirth. He's going to be rejuvenated. He's going to be reborn because now you're going to look at him from a different point of view. And you're going to emotionally attach to him in ways you never have. And this is what they need to do with Brock. Can you do they, that with Brock in, in a way? Because Absolutely. Like, because here with, with The Undertaker, it's different in the fact that with, you know, a lot of what AJ said in his promos leading up to that WrestleMania match is a lot of the things you heard The Undertaker say in that teaser for the last ride. Like he was saying that, you know, hey, my best years are behind me. You know, like I don't want like, you know, a father, you know, talking to his son and pointing at the TV and say, I, I remember when The Undertaker was great. Like he, he, he doesn't want that he talks about his body being beaten up and that you know he's he doesn't feel like the badass he used to be you know so when you look at the undertaker it's almost like hey we got to change the undertaker because we got to see that human element because we got to start being thankful for who the undertaker is because the undertaker can't put on a match like he did at wrestlemania 25 but with brock i i I feel like brock is at his peak physically like you know you know, I mean, for all those haters that are saying, oh, that's that's the Brock. Look at, you know, he doesn't want to give 100%. Look at WrestleMania. Did you fucking forget what he did at the Royal Rumble? I mean, that was maybe one of the best performances Brock has ever given on the WWE stage just a couple of months ago at the Rumble. So when I look at The Undertaker and I and I look at Brock, you know, when you say reborn, I, d- I don't know if, the, if Brock needs to be reborn. I think that he needs to be just more appreciated for who he is right now. That's not going to happen, okay? Because people make up their mind, and it's very hard to change their mind because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. You see it in politics all day long, and I see it in wrestling, okay? Brock can be reinvented, and I'm going sh- to show you where. I'm going to show you the first domino to fall, and you actually pushed the first domino down yesterday. What did you say? How you said Heyman looked a certain way when the match was over. When Brock lost, what was the word that you used? Well, it, it, you know, the, he just had like a blank look on his face. There was no emotion. Like there, there wasn't anger. There wasn't frustration. There was nothing. It just, it just, you know, I, it was just a blank, a blank. It look. almost, it almost seemed to me like in Paul's mind, he had realized that's it. I've milked everything out of this ride I possibly could have. I've gotten everything out of riding the coattails of Brock Lesnar that I could have. Milked him of every dime. He's not the same man that he used to be. He lost to Seth twice. He lost to Drew. My beast is showing signs of weakness. If you leave... Brock Lesnar on the shelf long enough. 
that when he returns with Paul Heyman and Heyman turns around to him and says, you went from beast to disappointment in four and a half minutes to the hands of Drew McIntyre, in the snap of a finger, you will turn Brock Lesnar babyface. And if you go down the road with Brock Lesnar of his real life issues, I've brought it up before, the diverticulitis, the fact that he was in a hospital for so long, the fact that he was, reports said that he was on death's door. I don't know how true that was, but let's say his health was really, really poor. If you talk about the real man, Brock Lesnar, and if you have Paul turn on him, I'm not talking about turning on him physically, like blasting him in the back of the head with a cell phone from 1984. I'm talking about turning on him verbally. Talking about how Brock had turned into nothing but a disappointment. And if it wasn't for Paul, Brock would have never been where he was, yada, yada, yada. Paul now finds the next beast. It's kind of like Palpatine finding the next Sith. Once, listen, you know, there was Darth Maul, there was Darth Vader. Then a Sith Lord always looks for his next apprentice, his next killer, his next beast. And I can see that happening with Paul, especially with the look you said that you saw from him. And I'm expounding on the look a little bit. Maybe Paul realized this gravy train is over. Did Seth beat Brock at WrestleMania? Seth beat Brock at WrestleMania. Two times? Well, not at, not at WrestleMania. He beat him on a pay-per-view, and then he beat him at WrestleMania. Okay, so if, well, I, I'm if sorry. You look at it, no, look at it this way, Bully. He lost to Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 35. He made a promise that he was going to go through the whole roster at the Royal Rumble, and he was eliminated. And then he lost to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania 36. That's it. And if you go back even farther, he lost to Goldberg also, right? Uh, no, well, he beat Goldberg at WrestleMania, but, you know, he beat... But didn't he lose to Goldberg? He lost the championship to Goldberg, right? No, Goldberg beat uh, Kevin Owens to become... Cha- uh, Go- uh, Goldberg, yeah, beat Kevin Owens. What about the 92nd oh, match Oh, yeah, yeah no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The shock. The, you're right. No, you're 100% okay. right. Yes. Heyman can acknowledge all of these things that have happened in the past. You lost to Goldberg. Then you lost the championship to Seth Rollins. Then you lost the championship to Seth Rollins again at WrestleMania. Then you, you get eliminated from the Royal Rumble that you guaranteed that you were going to start and you were going to end, and then you lose at WrestleMania to Drew McIntyre. He didn't even have a hometown of 80,000 people chanting his name. You lost to him in an empty arena in four and a half minutes. You know what, Brock? I've realized that you're all hype, and I'm the guy that's been hyping you for all these years. I'm done hyping you, Brock Lesnar, because I'm the guy that's got you over from day one because Brock Lesnar wouldn't have been a beast without Paul Heyman. You would have been a bitch and nothing more than you were at WrestleMania 36, which is an utter disappointment. Now, I ask you, if Paul cuts that promo on Brock, what do you want to see Brock do to Paul? Beat the shit out of him. And the minute that Brock gets his hand on Paul, you slide in Paul's next beast to destroy Brock Lesnar. And you're off to the races. And then you use the network to tell some of Brock's backstory. There's a million ways that you can do to Brock what they are doing to Taker right now, and you will get so much more mileage out of him. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.